0: or anything yet i need to get on that night but i'll be i'm not traveling the next couple weeks so i'll have a little more time oh, to nice. like sit down and like put them on while i'm working and shit and that kind of thing yeah yeah you'll you will get to see how much homework paul and i do at that point <laughs> of those episodes yeah like to the point where i'm like we should make this a monthly podcast because there's too much fucking work <laughs> too much yeah too much fucking homework yeah it's a lot of homework sometimes but, but. uh not not probably not as well Probably more than we had to do for this episode anyways, because oh, this is the other podcast. Homework. I did yeah. a lot of homework. Yeah, I, um, well, I know you did. I watched the movies. Yeah. I was baked as fuck too, but like that's, <laughs> <you know. laughs> uh, So that will give you a little uh, little hint maybe about what we're talking about this week. So welcome back to Dance Robot Dance, everybody. We are in our 95th episode, just five away from triple digits, which is exciting. I know I did the math the other day trying to figure out who's going to host 100 and it's fucking Christy again. And I'm like, God (laughs) damn it. I never get a good numbered episode. I never get an anniversary episode. Well, I need to skip another one. Yeah, well, yeah, true. I mean, I guess it depends on what we do because, like, Technically, this is like, I I hosted two episodes ago and then this one, so we'll oh. have to, well, we'll work it out and we'll see. I think you. either way Christy's I'm fucked. availability and shit either way. Yeah, I think I'm fucked <laughs> either way, so. <laughs> so obviously it is just, just two of us here tonight. Myself, Tim, I'm going to be hosting this excellent adventure and uh, we have our usual... Co-host Mark with me. How's it going, guys? Yeah, we're just the two of us today. Somebody's uh, somebody's got a little Hollywood on us. Yeah, so. and then Christy, Christy, say say hello, Christy. No, oh oh no, our computer shit out again. No, actually, Christy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christy is uh, teaching her improv class again tonight. And uh, between my sort of work travel schedule and her uh, crazy, important many things to do, very popular schedule. Uh, she couldn't make it this week so she should be back next week but for now uh, we're going to have a two man which mark and i haven't done in a while which should be some fun just uh, yeah, it'll be this, fun. yeah going back and forth I'd just like to point out the fact that like i never miss episodes cuz i have no life whatsoever like it's, i'm always here oh i don't have i don't have a life i don't have a life i'm here for you work. listeners that's why i'm here <laughs> and nothing better to do yeah exactly uh, so yeah, this week we're going to do something uh, a little lighter, uh, a little different than our last three weeks of like MCU Marvel coverage. Definitely a little lighter than Infinity War. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, going to be based on some uh, pretty exciting news that we got this week that we shared on our Facebook page. But we'll uh, save that for a little later. Uh, to begin with, we do have some Marvel news to cover because we always seem to. There's always Marvel news, that's probably why. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the one for me I want to start out with since, we, uh, since last week was our Infinity War episode episode was uh, James Gunn's spoiler of well sort of spoiler or explanation of Groot's final line in Infinity War did you see that Mark no I didn't I did not at all so when Groot says with the la- Groot says as he's like fading away what he says to Rocket when he says I am Groot is dad oh does he really yeah that's what James Gunn po- posted on Twitter. Somebody asked him, like, might might be too soon to ask this, but do you know what Groot's last line is at the end of the movie? And James Gunn put, like, spoiler, and then a bunch of lines, and then just put, dad, which is oh, heartbreaking. That's just super sad. Right That's super in the sad. feels. But again, that yeah. sort of goes back to like what we were talking about where maybe they retcon that it's a different Groot, you know, might yeah. be de-aged Groot kind of whatever, but um. yeah, that's, that falls more in line with like what he's been saying where like, it's actually a new group. Yeah. If he's looking at uh, Rocket as, I wanted to call him Rabbit, but like, I guess it's accurate. <laughs> Rabbit, yeah. Uh, spoilers again, but, uh, Rocket. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, that's. One of the one of those things, right in the fields. On the uh, more exciting side, on the MCU Netflix shows, we got a New- Luke Cage season two trailer. Did you see that one? Where he gets beat up? Yeah, yeah I saw that. That guy just yeah. fucking wrecks him in the street. Did you watch it in slow mo though? No, like if you watch it like a gif of it, he whiffs it like real hard. Like it's he's really like a, he's nowhere close <laughs> to it. It's pretty funny if you look at it in slow mo, yeah. but in fast motion, it looks just as good as everything else. So I'm fine with yeah. it. But well, look the kick. Yeah. The kick at least looks like connect, it connects, but the punch definitely does not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, it looks pretty brutal. So it'll be uh, apparently it's uh Bushmaster is the villain here. So that'll be. Exciting! That's a deep cut. I know the name. I have no idea about the character. <laughs> yeah. it's like they're digging deep now. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So well, it looks looks pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, like I said, the villain was the issue with the second half of the first season. So hopefully, they will stick the villains on this season. Yeah, yeah. They're they're like they've been. I don't know. I'm not going to say they've been getting better because the TV shows really haven't been getting better about the villains necessarily. Yeah, but I mean Marvel as a whole's villains have been getting better, yeah. like, at least on the movie side. Yeah. So. there's one thing I wasn't planning to talk about because I'm a few episodes behind agents of shield is apparently going to deal with uh, the infinity war fallout as well because it's tied into the universe. So yeah, they might actually, uh, you know, they're going to actually have some characters that are going to go bye bye. Apparently that's interesting because they're right up to date on the timeline. Whereas the Netflix shows tend to kind of like be like, Oh no, this is a couple months before that Mm -hmm. happens. So like, we don't have to deal with it kind of thing. Yeah, If they're going to fall right into it, that would be interesting. I'll at least take a look like when that episode comes up and see how it is. I, have not watched that show in what are they in season five now yeah yeah so i haven't watched it in like two years three years yeah they were in the middle of the inhuman things and i was just like i can't <laughs> <laughs> i just don't have the patience yeah this season was kind of cool It had some uh time travel and stuff like that and it really again related to our meat of the episode so nice but and then uh other mcu news uh apparently the original iron man armor from the first iron man movie has been stolen yeah i saw that this week that's <laughs> crazy you gotta be really little to fit into that too, because Robert Downey Jr. is not a big guy. So yeah. like you have to be Tim size. Well, who knows if it was like Yeah, exactly. Who knows if it was like grabbed and like somebody walked away in that? I feel like that would probably be noticed. Like somebody oh, yeah. just walking out in the it's armor. A six foot fucking Iron Man like suit, either like being carried by somebody or like on somebody, you're gonna probably notice him <laughs> walking out of a studio with it. But yeah. But it's one of those things where, like, it's just been sitting in a storage facility, and then they checked it, like, uh, last month. Like, it, they, it hadn't been, like, accounted for since, like, February, and then they went in, like, last month and were like, oh, that's not here anymore. That's interesting. That's a piece of history, too. Like, you would actually probably want that, especially like, for a museum or something down the line, like some yeah. kind of exhibit. That's definitely the kind of thing you would cart around at cons and stuff. So. Yeah, It was uh, apparently valued around uh, three hundred twenty grand. so I don't know if that's... Yeah. I mean, I don't doubt anybody's going to be selling it, but we'll see. I wouldn't mind having that shit in the house. I'm not going to lie to you. i, mean, <laughs> right I don't know about three hundred, three hundred fucking. Th- yeah, just have like the uh, like the mark, like what is that? Uh, mark Mark two, That's Mark guess. two, Mark three, Mark two or three. Yeah, yeah, just sitting on your couch or something like that all the time. Yeah, just always hanging out. Just always <laughs> have Iron Man just sitting on your couch. That'd be sweet as shit. <laughs> be the unofficial fourth fucking co-host of the podcast at this point. Just yeah, do what Iron Man thing. He doesn't say shit, but he's just sitting there. He's awesome. All the time. Strong, silent pipe. Exactly. (laughs) And then uh, screenings have started for Deadpool 2, and the uh, reactions seem to be pretty good overall. I've seen a couple negative ones, but for the most part, really strong. I had one friend who was in a screening this afternoon that said that she uh, really enjoyed it, maybe even more than the first one. So. Looking good. They don't have to do the origin shit, right? That's always, like, the the big upside to the sequel. If they do it right, is they don't have to touch the origin shit, they can just, like, go crazy. And, like, Deadpool's a franchise where you can just be like, yeah, we're going to get fucking nuts and go to town. So, if they did that right, then... I'm sure I'll have a fun, whatever, the, however long that movie is, two hours. Yeah. I'm assuming it's not going to be longer than two hours. <laughs> no, I but. doubt it. Be, it'd be interesting if they made like a like two and a half, like three hour epic Deadpool movie. Like yeah. they did with the yeah. Infinity War or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In uh, non-Marvel news, but really exciting news for all of your dear Dance Robot Dance co-hosts, uh, we finally got news about more Rick and Morty, and it is a lot more Rick and Morty. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> so... so. <laughs> uh apparently they got uh, renewed or they got another 70 episodes ordered so adult swim just pulled the trigger on enough episodes to make it hit the 100 episode mark so that it can go into syndication afterwards that's uh i mean that's awesome because like obviously more rick and morty is great i just hope that they're really like taking their fucking time doling out that episode count and they're not going to try and jam 70 episodes out. because yeah or do do like 20 uh, episode seasons or some shit like that or i hope i hope they just do like 10, 12 episodes over the next like six or seven years, maybe 15. Yeah, yeah And then yeah. like do that way or yeah. do six, six, every six months or something like that. Like, I don't know like how to get it. Like on the plus side, uh, this, you know, gives them a lot more room to play kind of thing because now they know, you know, they've got a shit ton more. So, you know, maybe ideas that they might've been hesitant to throw out earlier because they weren't sure how many more episodes they were going to get. They can probably take a lot more fucking risks now and shit like that do more, like, crazy long arcs and shit. So, that'll be interesting to see. I am curious if uh, if Harman can, like, survive that entire process, though. You know what <laughs> or I mean? Justin like, Roiland's voice, for fuck's sake. Oh, that is <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You're gonna have, to seem, like, have, like Harman's... his voice box removed after about 30 more episodes. it <laughs> would just be, like, digital. they are just fucking create it on a <laughs> Mac at that point, you know what I mean? They've got that technology now. I know Adobe was working on it, like, doing voice, mm-hmm. like, re-rendering or something like yeah. that, so... It's possible they could do it. But then, like, I'm actually more just concerned about fucking, I can't remember his name. Dan Harmon's drinking problem. Yeah, Dan Harmon. Well, no. Well, yeah, I mean, his drinking problem and his just raging asshole <laughs> problem. And not that he has, maybe he does. He drinks a lot. So maybe his asshole hurts all the time. But I mean, like, <laughs> he is kind of a douchebag. So. Yeah. I'm wondering if you can survive the studio system that long and like actually get the show. I'm done. just imagining now like a fight club poem. Like I am Dan Harmon's raging asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the other thing too is that hopefully this means we're not going to have like these crazy gaps between seasons because that's one of the main reasons that we've had so long to wait is because they've been waiting for the show to get renewed before they really start writing new episodes in earnest. So now, you know, as soon as one episode's done, they can, in theory, keep, you know, just start working on the next one, at least not wait like a year until they start working on the next one. Works in theory. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, some shows get their lives extended. Some their shows get their lives cut short. A favorite of a couple of our Dance Robot Dance podcast hosts, Brooklyn Nine-Nine got the axe today. I said it in the chat and I said it on our Facebook page. And I'm going to say it again. Fuck Fox in the face because... <laughs> Fuck you, Fox. That show needed at least one more year. I don't understand why I mean I, I Fox says Fox. Yeah, I love I love it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I don't understand why it keeps getting renewed, even though I love that show when like something like this that obviously has a pretty similarly like passionate and large fan base is getting the axe. Maybe it's because like this is like straight up Fox rather than that's FXX or whatever. Yeah, so I think- there's management slightly different or the expectations are different or whatever, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of holding out hope that somebody will snap it up and like get, let them at least do like that wrap up season. Mm-hmm. But like really it's a Fox property, so it's not super likely to happen. And it's really disappointing that that cast is going to get broken up because they're like, they're as good an ensemble as I've seen on, it's like a rest of development or 30 rock levels of good in terms of like just having a cohesive unit of a cast. So it's going to be disappointing to see that one go. Cause that's like the last, real sitcom that i still watch now but the rest of development yes although yes the rest of development is coming back which yeah. is that's yeah. pretty season sweet, five you know? the lord giveth and he taketh away yeah absolutely so, season five will be returning on uh 29th of may so it'll be a late birthday present for me my birthday is on the 28th so the next day i'll get to sit down and on on a long weekend get to oh no is that what day is the 29th 29th oh no the 29th is a tuesday fuck why are they releasing it why is it a tuesday yeah but all right i'm still binging the shit out of it so who knows yeah absolutely yeah that'll be exciting i'll have to, I'll have to make sure i work from home that day i'll be unemployed at that point so like my contract's <laughs> done tomorrow i'll i can't see getting hired on something in the next two weeks i'm definitely watching that day one nice <laughs> gonna get fucking you know do a wake and bake and just like dinged fucking 12 episodes of uh, Arrested Development on that Yeah, Absolutely. Let's see, and uh, this is maybe sort of outside the wheelhouse we usually talk about, but it's one of those really mythical projects that has been plagued with issues. Terry Gilliam's Don Quixote movie was like embroiled in legal battles as to whether it was actually going to be able to screen at Cannes or not, and uh, apparently it is going to be able to screen, and shortly before he found that out, Terry Gilliam had a fucking stroke. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Apparently it was a relatively minor stroke and he's like just, you know, resting at home. He's probably not gonna be able to go to Cannes to see its screen, which is unfortunate, but uh, he's like 77 so I mean he's getting up there but yeah so it sounds like he's doing better now he's been working on that movie for a long time too yeah if if, uh, if anybody's never uh sort of heard of this project um, was what, what was the documentary named man from La Mancha or something like that I think yeah something like that yeah there, there was a documentary on this project that Terry gilliam has been you know this Don Quixote uh, movie it's actual movies called the man who killed Don Quixote uh, that he's been trying to do for like 20 something years but the oh. production like and he had it like filming but the production was just plagued by setbacks and like injuries and fucking legal issues and shit like that and it never happened and the actual story of him trying to get it made is pretty compelling on its own but now it's just exciting to know that this sort of passion project he's been working on for decades is finally gonna see the light of day yeah i love the. Is this a total tangent but i love those kind of like behind the scenes looks at like super troubled productions and stuff like that like that documentary about the the making of the island of doctor Moreau with uh, val kilmer oh, yeah. and Marlon brando is like amazing like just yeah. to watch how fucking chaotic that like how was how insane brando was at that point yeah, yeah. like yeah. that kind of stuff or like what's uh the, brando what's the uh the shining one the it's room oh, room, uh, room 257 i think room two fifty seven yeah whatever it is that one uh that one's fantastic there's Did you watch um, uh, jodorowsky's dune? No. So, no, yeah. I haven't seen that. I've seen the movie but I haven't seen there I know there was a
1: is there a documentary about
0: it too yeah so well that that movie that got made wasn't his movie basically it was like yeah uh, jodorowsky had like this totally different vision for it um and that movie sort of recounts like the movie or the his field production and like has a lot of really cool concept art and stuff like that of what he wanted to do with that story so that's another one if you like that kind of thing i definitely recommend yeah i'll take a look at it because there's uh i just watched well actually i watched it a while ago i think we talked about it on the episode the uh the the, Superman, the Death and Return of Superman. Oh, yeah. What happened? That that, that one was really good. Yeah. And there's another one that is supposed to be either coming out or has come out. It's in that same vein that I'm like, that looks really good. And now I can't think of it. I just had it in my head and it's gone. Oh, well. Such is life. Yeah. Let's see what else happened. We got not one, but two pieces of Rick Moranis news this week, which is really strange. because Rick Moranis has been retired from film for like 20 something years at this point. Yeah. 20 plus years. Yeah. Like in the 90s what was his last one like was that i don't know honey, or honey i blew up the kid or some shit like that it was one of those Yeah, i think so i think yeah i think that was one of those but rick moran is just like genius level comic like i his he's so fucking funny that it's always sad to like remember that he's just not doing movies anymore so yeah uh yeah honey we shrunk ourselves he did in like 97 okay um and then besides that he's done like some like voices and like a couple special appearances but uh that's pretty much it like he did a couple like Bob and Doug reprisals and that kind of yes. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But speaking of Bob and Doug, one of the pieces of news is that he's going to be uh, joining the rest of his SCTV crew for a Netflix documentary. That'll also include Joe Flatterty, uh, Eugene Levy, Andrea Martin, Catherine O'Hara, Martin Short, my mom's best friend, Martin Short, not quite, but close enough. And uh, Dave Thomas and the special is going to be directed by Martin Scorsese. That's crazy. The only the only name is missing off that unfortunately can't actually do it is Harold Ramos. I would mm-hmm. love to hear his like background stories on some of that stuff. Because he was writing and performing in that and like yeah. hopefully, he must have saw some shit. Yeah. Hopefully they'll like bring in maybe some uh, some legacy interviews with him or something like that. Cause I'm sure there's plenty of footage yeah. out there that could pop in. Well, he was a huge, like huge influence on oh, like, yeah. the the tone and shape of that show. Yeah. So yeah. that guy was a fucking genius too. So that whole is just like that still holds up. There's like Oh, yeah. A lot, a lot of sketch comedy that like is period specific that holds up Yeah, because like the SNL from that era does not hold up any. Well, some, some of it does. does like the Eddie Murphy shit totally does. Yeah, but a lot of it yeah. doesn't. I yeah. like the Bill Murray stuff, I guess, early on kind of holds yeah, up in some spots. Too, Star but, like, Wars lounging. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like that kind of stuff. But like all the SCTV stuff, for some reason, still hits whenever I see it like pop well, up on YouTube or whatever. So, yeah, well, they didn't dive into political stuff quite as much or like topical news kind of humor. It was more just like sort of abstract, like fucking bit comedy and shit like that and like and like object work and that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that for sure. I know christy will be too. (laughs) Yeah. And then the other bit of uh Rick Moranis' news was that he also had a cameo as Dark Helmet on the Goldbergs this week. I haven't watched the Goldbergs, it's been one of those ones that's sort of on my radar for a while, but uh, yeah. Kevin Smith's directed a couple episodes, so he's been talking about it on his podcast. I have not seen any of it. I've heard it's amazing, but I just have never sat down to watch it. So yeah, it's, maybe one day. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those ones that, you know, if I'm looking for something sort of lighter and digestible, I might pop on one day just, you know, to maybe yeah, like next time I watch through like something like Black Mirror or some shit like that. And I'm like, holy fuck, yeah. I need something that doesn't make me want to slip my goddamn wrists. Yeah. I've been having that, that kind of week because like, like we talked about last week, I had seen Alice, I saw Alice in Chains on the Tuesday and I've just been like right in the middle of their discography, <laughs> which is not a good headspace <laughs> to be yeah. in at all. So yeah, I think I might need something a little lighter. So that's why the topic of this week, I was like, oh, let's do this. That'll be <laughs> fun. it like, lighten my mood a little bit after like living inside fucking Lane Staley's head for <laughs> two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the the last bit of news that I had was that we got a our first teaser trailer for the upcoming Predator movie by Shane Black. Looks all right. Yeah, it's it's a thing that exists. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll see it. Like I'll, I might not run out to the theater and see it, but I like Shane Black's yeah. writing and stuff. So like I'll, I I would usually see most of his stuff. Yeah. And I like none of the sequels to Predator have ever been good, but that first movie is a fucking classic. Yeah. Like. To make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> like, that's a fucking genius line. <laughs> I think there was kind of, like, a divide in our generation. Like, you were either, like, a Predator fan or an Alien fan, and I fell solely on the Alien side. I was, I was a little uh, bit of both, okay. I think. Like, I, well, I like the... I, I actually, no, I guess... Because I think both franchises have had their low points, kind of. Oh, thing. yeah. Well, some of their low points were the same fucking movies. Well, there's that also as <laughs> a thing, too, you know what I mean? But, like... Fucking EVP. At least, like Aliens, got two two really good movies under its belt. Whereas the Predator really has like it has one good action movie, not like a great film by any stretch of the imagination. Which, like, I'm not going to say Aliens is a great film, but like Alien is a fucking masterpiece. So yeah, yeah, Yeah. which Predator does not have. But (laughs) honestly, that first movie is just like it's a raw, it's a a solid, Yeah. yeah, it is, it is absolutely. Yeah, so that was it, uh, except for sort of our meat of the episode news, which I'm going to save uh, for a little bit. So with that, uh, we shall move on to our Geek of the Week! Yeah, you're on your own, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, not feeling it. Not helping. You got to do like the really high one. There it is. There it is. <laughs> do Christie's little thing. All right. Yeah. So, this is our segment where we talk about the geekiest things that we have done in the past week. So, Mark, what is that for you? I'm going to talk about God of War again because I'm like I spent a ton of time with it on the last weekend and a little bit during the week this week. It is by far the best game I played on the PlayStation 4 so far. It's ridiculously well put together game. And if you are a fan of the original and hesitant because it's changed shit, dive in. It's still awesome. If you hated the original and this is even more important, if you did not like the original trilogy because it was Kratos is an asshole or it was too over the top with the sex and violence and stuff. Go pick this game up. It is a fucking classic. Like this is a 10 out of 10 game. So, yeah, I was you I, if you're on our Facebook page, you saw uh, Michael Taylor and I nerding out about the axe return mechanic that they use oh, in that yeah. game. So, yeah, that's been that's yeah, and how it's a uh, Mjolnir near knockoff or whatever. It's a, a very, it's very reminiscent of uh, the way Thor's hammer responds <laughs> to him. So yeah, but it is, it's a very satisfying mechanic to have in a game to huck a giant heavy axe at some at something's head, and then see <laughs> most of that head fall away when you pull it back with magic kind of thing. It's yeah, it's nice. a fun fucking game. So <laughs> if you have the mean, I highly recommend giving that fucker a shot. EC Polygon did a video this week uh, where they had the voice actor for Kratos do dad jokes. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Since uh, dad Kratos' dad in the new one. Kratos. Kratos, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, gamers. Yeah, I am the non-gamer on our podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah Christy would be fucking rolling, be like, rolling her, in her grave if she was dead. Yeah. Maybe, she, she, might, is. She, might Maybe be, she is. Maybe she is. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> I was just talking to her like a couple hours ago. I'm sure she's fine. The voice actor Chris, Christopher Judge who is on what Stargate SG one and has done yeah. a ton of fucking voice work. Yeah. Yeah. They had him do a bunch of dad jokes that were really fucking hilarious. Yeah. He does that. Like his voice is just nothing but like the graveliest, lowest baritone. You can possibly a boy. Mm-hmm. That, like, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. yeah. That's pretty awesome. So him doing dad jokes would be fucking genius. That's funny. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, in my case, my geek of the week is work travel related as many of mine have been over the past six months so i was in uh, southern california for an exhibition and found myself in long beach just about 20 miles down the road from disneyland and so when i finished up at the exhibition one day i was like well i'm going to fucking disneyland and i didn't want to like by the time i got there with traffic and everything it was like after six and the parks were closing in a few hours so I was like well i'm not gonna shell out like On top of that, like $30 Uber ride, another like fucking 90 bucks just to go in for three hours. So instead, I just like wandered around the entrance plaza and I like had some dinner and they still have like their downtown Disney like shopping and entertainment area and stuff like that. And uh, all the hotels and shit too that have like, you know, crazy themed like bars and shit. So I... Sat in Trader Sam's Grog Grotto by the pool at the Disneyland Hotel and had a couple nice strong tiki drinks. It was a fun and nerdy way to unwind after after a long day talking to people about my work. (laughs) I wish I had any point of reference for any of this Disney stuff. I've (laughs) never been. So when you talk about these parks, I'm like, I'm just picturing like, I don't even know what I'm picturing anymore. Wait wait till the Star Wars lands open and then you'll have frame of reference because we'll be going. Yeah, yeah. And the Marvel stuff. Oh, the Marvel stuff. Yeah. We're going to have to go out west for that, though, aren't we? Like, isn't that only in California? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, For now, at least. Well, I mean, uh, Universal has, like, the the Marvel superhero island that has, like, the Hulk coaster and the Spider-Man ride, and that's why Disney can't do anything there. But those rides on their own are pretty solid and well worth seeing. And then there's also, like, the crazy fucking Harry Potter land. And I know that you're not as big a Harry Potter person as Christy, but you're probably a bigger Harry Potter person than I am, at least. Well, I've read all the books and seen all the movies. Yeah. So, like, I'm, yes. I, I've I know the books. I'm, a, I'm aware of Harry Potter as, like, a franchise, but yeah. I, similarly to, like, my Lord of the Rings fandom, where, like, I've read the books and seen the movies, but, like, it doesn't inhabit my everyday, like, life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't live in Tolkien's world, I guess. So, yeah, you're a total yeah. Slytherin, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did we ever actually do that? We've never actually done a Harry Potter episode. No, I don't think episode. we've ever, no, I think, I think we need to wait, wait on Christy. Maybe when Christy comes back, she can do a Harry Potter episode with us. Yeah, we should, we really need to do a Harry Potter episode. Although she's probably be like, we need to rewatch them all. I'm like, like, no, I don't have a whole weekend to kill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just funny because like, I just rewatched all the Marvel movies totally voluntarily, but like, asked me <laughs> to watch eight Harry Potter movies, and I'm like, yeah. maybe I'll put them on the be- on the background while I work or whatever. Yeah, prob- oh, that. Would, yeah, I mean, That'd there's sound. so many of them though. Too like that it would really just have to be an overview kind of episode. I mean, kind of similar to what we did with the MC- MCU movies, anyways. yeah Yeah, but it's it's definitely like there's enough there to get a two part, or at least just alone oh, yeah. with Christy just rambling. I'm sure it would be. <laughs> Yeah. Just let her do solo episodes or something. Like, we could take a week off and she could just do, like... Yeah, exactly. She just ramble. Solo uh, solo Christy cast. Well, I wouldn't have to edit her. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like I've got, like, five pages of notes this week. She'll have, like, 20 pages of notes for five that. Five pages? Jesus okay, I'm going to be honest. Like, two and a half page Or two full pages of them are quotes. Okay. Like, I had a hard time pulling okay. my quotes for this episode. All right. That's fine. I just... <laughs> fucking five pages. This is not an episode of Side A, Side B, right? Like, <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe it Surprise. is. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do another two-hour podcast after a half an hour of news. That's That'll be fun. Yeah. I figure you're going to have fun uh, editing in little guitar strings and shit like that on this I'm episode. Absolutely. Adding something in here. I have no <laughs> idea about it, but. Right. So that's enough with the teasing, folks. Unlike Christy, I think we actually did manage to tease pretty well without actually giving away what our meat of the episode yeah. is. She's fucking terrible at like just spoiling exactly <laughs> what we're going to talk about, even though she's trying to be like coy. <laughs> trying to be subtle about it and coy. Yeah, no, just tells you right up top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this week, it's time for our meat of the episode. Bodacious, excellent meat. You <laughs> to do that. We'll put a guitar sting in right here. Be- there you go. <laughs> So, our listeners, uh, by this point, uh, if they're the least bit aware of sort of late 80s pop culture, have noticed that there was one very important piece of news that we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, And that is the announcement that Bill and Ted 3 has officially been greenlit after much, much, much cock-teasing. Yeah, yeah, like a decade of fucking... uh (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. This yeah. this is one of those ones that's been in discussions for ages, and you know, people have been talking about it. They're like, "Yeah, there's a script out there, but you know, nobody's interested in it right now or whatever." Uh, but now, I guess it was probably in large part because like of all that press where people were like, you know, saying, "Oh my God, this needs to get made." You know, when they were hearing that, it was in development and there was a script out there and stuff like that. But Keanu Reeves and Alex Winters are both back on board. Keanu Reeves probably a little more surprising than Alex Winters. I don't know. He's always seemed like very fond of that movie. Like he always talks about them in like weirdly who Keanu? Keanu, yeah. Like whenever he gets interviewed and people ask him about it, he's always like, oh yeah, I don't like I I very fondly, fondly yeah. And, yeah. 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 I, that kind of broke him though. Like that was kind of like his first big solo endeavor, wasn't it? Uh I don't know. Was that before? Yeah, that was definitely before interview with Vampire. Or no, is I know, the Bram, the Bram Stoker's Empire. Dracula. I mean, yeah, 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 the other uh, yeah, 93. yeah, 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 Dracula was 93. So, yeah, yeah. I, don't yeah know, if I don't know. know. And then was, was he, was, was he in Legend of the Fall? No, it was, he was no, in like, was in like a movie like that. That was like sort of period-y, uh, like around that same era. Um, yeah, but I mean, I mean like in terms of folks. actually, actually getting him fans, I think this is the one that like people were really like, oh yeah, he's the funny guy. Like, yeah. He says, well. Yeah, <laughs> he's but, definitely I mean, skewed very hard away from that now. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, now he kills like hundreds of people every time he shows up in a movie. Yeah, so. absolutely. Did you ever actually watch the second John? Have you watched either of the no, John? Mates? I've watched the first one. I have not watched the second one yet. Um, yeah. they're, they started filming the third one. I've heard. Uh, yeah. not too long ago. So yeah. very exciting. Yeah, I like the first one. It's just there's so much like genre stuff that it's been hard for me to like have make time for anything outside that yeah Um, yeah i don't even consider it genre i'm just like it's like it's two hours of just like i'm gonna watch him fucking murder a bunch of people it's a lot of fun no that's what i'm saying like i don't consider it necessarily genre but like that's where my focus has been the last few years Mm -hmm. kind of thing has been like keeping up with all like the like awesome sci-fi and comic book stuff we've been getting and that kind of thing and so i haven't been diving as much as i maybe you know 10 years ago might have been a little bit more into more of the action adventure kind of shit yeah I don't know. I just think they're like surprisingly well made. Actually, I remember the first one blew me away. I was like, "Wow, this is like, yeah, this is really, is this really good." Or am I just like really high right now? And it, that was before I rediscovered POS. I could have been high but. for for what it is. It it does a really good job. It, it sets yeah. out, sets out what it or achieves what it sets out to very well. Much like yeah. I think, Bill and Ted movies do yeah absolutely. so yeah, the the Bill and Ted three has been greenlit. Both the original writers are back as well. This is for a sequel that is tentatively titled uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. And there's already a lot of information about the movie out there because the the writers, uh, what are their names? Chris Solomon and what's the other dude? or is it Ed Solomon? I think it's Ed. Ed, Ed oh, Solomon. No, I just read that article and I forgot. Yeah, name. Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson uh, were the original, the sort of originators of these characters and the uh, writers of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. They're back as well, and they've been doing interviews just to sort of, I guess, generate interest for this. So it's sort of, I mean, it's set, you know, about 25 years later, something like that, after Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And essentially, they're in this space where they're supposed to have changed the world with their music, but they haven't yet. And they're trying to kind of trying to figure out what's going on. And apparently somebody comes back from the future and is like, what the fuck guys, you need to fucking shit or get off the pot here. And rather than actually, actually like be responsible and try and actually make the song. They're supposed to make that changes the world. Instead, they decide they're going to travel to the future and try and steal the song and take it back with them, which I think is amazing. yeah let's so say that that's i was when i read the that i'm like well thank you for spoiling it but at the same time that sounds fantastic and i'm so in <laughs> like i'm so in yeah apparently their daughters feature pretty heavily bill has a daughter named thea ted has a daughter named billy and the uh the princesses are still in and everything so and uh they've got dean paraso who directed galaxy quest directing it yeah which i think which is, is amazing. perfect he did something else too uh I don't know. galaxy quest was like one of his big ones though. galaxy quest is a fucking genius movie yeah. that's a two-hander we should do someday it's just like you and i talk about like review galaxy quest cause... that's one i that sort of slipped under my radar at the time but like i've watched it since then like i appreciate it but i've never like really deep dived it kind of thing so that yeah you should take a look at it again it is yeah. a surprisingly excellent star trek movie yeah considering what it is so but he's done a huge amount of tv as well but let's see what other movies has he done um besides galaxy quest he did home fries i don't know what that is wasn't there something very recently that he did Uh, he directed the the sequel to red red 2 oh all right i mean that was good i like that actually i like both red movies i only watched the first one i didn't watch the second one yet i'm a big i'm a big warren ellis fan so yeah, yeah that's a warren ellis property uh the original comic is a warren ellis book so Either way, that's awesome. Galaxy Quest is a fantastic fucking movie. He's like he directed the shit out of that movie. So that's like it's amazing that they got those original four guys to come back and got a quality director attached to the picture Mm -hmm. is just like extremely exciting. Yeah, that's been the big thing through the whole like development of Bill and Ted three so far is that like the big thing has been that like Alex winters and Keanu Reeves and both the original writers were like fully on board. Like apparently the writers what'd I say? Chris Ed Solomon and Chris fuck, I need to stop closing that article. Yeah, you need to uh, maybe keep that article up in the <laughs> champ. And Chris Matheson wrote the script basically on spec. Uh, the yeah. studio had apparently been working on like a reboot with new like Bill and Ted characters, and they came to the the uh, these two writers came to the studio and said, "Hey, look, we did this." Like they don't even own the characters anymore, right? The studio owns them at this point. Yeah. So uh, yeah. they did, you know, the one thing you're never supposed to do, which is write something on spec for a property you don't own, and then went in, and then they said, "Yeah, let's do this" instead of that yeah. other thing we were looking at. So it kind of that's kind of sounds like the the story of the franchise. Like I don't think yeah. they anybody really wanted the original either. It was just like an idea, like a script that floated around for a while until somebody was just like, "Yeah, here's 15 million or whatever, like chump change ten amount million. of money." Yeah. They was it ten, yeah, yeah, something like that here, go make your stupid movie. And yeah. they just, I didn't even make money. Like, neither of them made money. They're just, like, weird cult favorites. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, neither of them were, like, and the first one made enough money that they did a sequel. But, like, oh. it, you know, wasn't, like, a fucking crazy success or anything but yeah i think it broke even in like word of mouth kind of like i bet you did really well on home video because that's pretty much where like i I would assume you and i both saw it the first time so no no we'll get to that uh because this episode in honor of the announcement that we're getting a third bill and ted movie which i'm super excited about we're going to go back and talk about the original two bill and ted movies which are my you know bill and ted's excellent adventure from 1999 and bill and ted's bogus journey from 1989 1989 Nineteen eighty, did I say ninety nine? You said ninety nine, yeah. No, not ninety nine. Nineteen eighty nine, and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey from ninety one, which are a couple of my favorite comedies of all time. As I'm sure I've mentioned on previous episodes, I know I have. Yeah, absolutely. My sister and I used to fucking recite whole scenes from these movies on long car rides because we'd just seen them so many goddamn times. We'd like act them out with like our stuffed animals and shit like that. But this is going to be interesting for me because up until now, like you know, I've watched them, but I've never really like sat down and and like analyze them or like thought about why i like them so much it's just been one of those constants in my life yeah i uh, i had a similar reaction as i started to like look through your questions and start to think about them like i actually don't really have an opinion about this movie except for like i will sit in front of it anytime love, it comes on i love this shit. Like, it's, it's, this is my yeah, job. like it's it's <laughs> it's so dumb but i love every second of both of these movies like <laughs> I, I, I like why do i like them i'm like i do not know like like so folks, I didn't like, notice a bunch of weird shit like <laughs> about them. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. So, so this may be the most in-depth conversation that, that anybody has ever had about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Focus Journey. I I'm totally okay with our podcast being the <laughs> only place somebody can go for a long in-depth discussion about the Bill and Ted duology. That's, so Maybe, there, maybe, maybe that up. maybe that's gonna be our uh, our our niche from now on. Just Bill and Ted shit all the time. <laughs> Just talking about the Keanu Reeves yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so to start out i just wanted to we already talked a little bit about sort of the the history of bill and ted as a franchise but it's it is one of those weird sort of like indie movie storylines you know sort of similar i guess in some ways to like the sort of quintessential indie movie story which would be like clerks but it's yeah so it's basically these two like young guys in 1983 ed solomon and chris matheson were classmates at ucla And uh, they were, they did improv. And this is a fucking like movie that was birthed at improv. So they came up with these characters that were like these sort of two, just idiots that were talking about history, but knew absolutely nothing about history. And from that, they basically just wrote a fucking like script in like seven days and shopped it around all sorts of studios. And were like, you know, had their, had doors shut in them a bunch of times. Then finally somebody was like, like mark said like here here's like 10 million dollars go just make this fucking movie yeah and leave, probably leave us the fuck alone about it too like <laughs> stop coming in here yeah because the first one's mgm right like they're they're that's an mgm property uh the first movie is well, obviously I believe... both of them are mgm but like no uh first one's orion oh is it okay I'm sorry uh well the production company is interscope and then distributed by orion but uh, it was a uh, or also De Laurentiis. De Laurentiis was the producer producing company, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then the second one, I think you're right. I think the second one is uh, no. Second one also says uh, Orion Pictures. Mm-hmm. I think they might own it now. I think they bought. I think they bought they Orion, Orion. Doesn't exist anymore. I think MGM, MGM might have bought Orion. Yeah, because I, I know the Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey DVD that I've got right in front of me here has MGM on it. So yeah, they, they must might. have bought the yeah must have bought the library when Orion closed down. Because I know they closed down. Like that was in the 90s. They shut down. So. Yeah. Yeah, and then we get this fucking weird offbeat movie that just came out of nowhere and like just ended up developing this like crazy cult following. They are essentially cult mo- or uh, indie movies. Like I said, Excellent Adventure was done on like a ten million budget. It did about forty million total, so moderate success, I guess you could say in Hollywood terms. Hey, it made its money back. So, yeah. Bogus Journey was done on a twenty million dollar budget, and it also did around forty million kind of barely a uh, success by Hollywood turns when you figure it out, figuring all the marketing money and shit. But I bet you Kevin Smith would still take one of those fucking box office takes at this point. So, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, whatever. Uh, I he, don't think any of his movies have cracked that high. So, well, he's just, he's living off of, off of like those, like in, in person appearance, uh, money right yeah, now. I think podcasts and like doing personal appearances and shit like that. I can't yeah. remember. what was the last one he made. must've been yoga hosters. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, uh, I still have not watched Yoga Hose. I haven't been able to bring myself. I feel bad saying that I don't like it because like he's so passionate about it, but I'm just like it's not not great. Not not it's not for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Someday. We'll do Kevin Smith we'll do a Kevin Smith episode one day. And That's one that I it. feel like I really need to be fucking baked for. Oh yeah. Well no, the first Kevin Smith episode we're doing is the goddamn jersey trilogy trilogy once Christy finally watches clerks. i hope I really hope she this is like the one episode she listens to so that she hears us trashing her for ninety <laughs> minutes. Like, every time she comes up, we're like, fuck, Christy, God. <laughs> Go do this thing we've been asking you to do for, like, a year yeah. and a half. I think she literally has to watch, like, one movie. Like, I think she's seen yeah. Clerks and Malrats, just has to watch Chasing Amy or, like, vice versa or something yeah. like that. Just, it just hasn't done it. Yep. <laughs> you don't get your Harry Potter episode, so we do fucking Kevin Smith, Christy. Yeah, that's the trade-off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's move into sort of our own feelings on the Bill and Ted movies. Mark already think alluded to it, but what was your first exposure to or memory of Bill and Ted? I honestly had no idea when you sent me this question. I was like, how when did I see this <laughs> the first time? I have no fucking recollection whatsoever of seeing it. I feel like it was probably like a VHS rental that like my dad probably picked up on like a boring Saturday when my mom was up like working or something like that. And he had the three of us kicking around the house, but it's impossible for me to tell. <laughs> Otherwise, it was just like always playing on something like TBS or like yeah. superstation or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So Like some boring Saturday afternoon you'd be flipping through. Cause this is one of those movies that like, it's a fucked up thing that you don't experience anymore, but like the boring Saturday where you're flipping through the hundred or so channels you have on cable mm-hmm. and like, there's fucking nothing on. There's not even a star Trek rerun to watch, but like TBS is playing Bill and Ted and Bill and Ted's bogus journey yep. back to back. So <laughs> you know what you're doing for six hours because of like 30 minute commercial yeah. breaks. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely well for me this is i very vividly remember my first experience with it so it was in port charlotte in florida the year that it came out my grandparents would rent a house down there for basically like the month of march and my dad or my family would go down and stay with them for like a week or so around march break port charlotte is this kind of small town and like I guess like Southwest of Orlando, something like that, like sort of central Florida. There's not a whole shitload to do. Like there's a mall and like a Thomas Edison museum and that's pretty much it. And like some, you know, there's beaches nearby. And so we would like, you know, it was more just my parents like wanted to go somewhere and just relax for the week kind of thing. So we would have to like try and find things to do. And so my dad just like took us to the movie theater one night and just took us into, like, whatever was playing kind of thing, and, like, Bill and Ted was one of the things he was playing. He's like, oh, a comedy. It's, like, PG or PG-13 or something. So it had to have been PG-13, I imagine. Yeah, probably. There's a lot of swearing <laughs> in that movie. Um, I can't see I any, any fo- fucking jokes. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking jokes. But, like, I also can't see any movie that has George Carlin in it not being rated R, regardless of what his role in it <laughs> is. Like, I feel like if he's in it, it's automatically. everything around it should just be rated R, because yeah. George fucking Carlin, so... <laughs> Cause I'm, I know that my mom wasn't there because, uh, there's no way that my mom would have let my dad take us into it, even like a PG 13 movie. But my oh. dad was, you know, a little more like a little more open and relaxed and stuff like that. So it's like, Oh, whatever. We'll go in and see this. and probably regretted it afterwards. Cause like, I was like eight at the time and my sister was like six. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> But so yeah, we went and saw this fucking movie, and all of us were just like laughing our asses off. Like just loved it. My dad loved it so much that he, like, I think the next day went to a record store at the mall and bought the soundtrack on cassette. Oh, cassettes! (laughs) They're making a comeback, you know. The worst fucking audio format in the history of time. Terrible, low. God damn it. Yeah, I love these hipster just, kids, man. It's like we want we shit. want cassettes because of fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. No, we don't. Like I lived through those days. Cassettes yeah. were shit, no. garbage. They fuck up all the time. They get yeah, fucked really, up. Yeah, they sound like dog shit after three times through. Like no, yeah. just get the CD, you fucking idiot. <laughs> like, Next, they're gonna want like terribly compressed like mini discs or something like that. <sighs> I love mini disc, man. I had a mini disc player. So, so did I, I can't, I can't not love that fucking thing. So, yeah, I loved it because you could, you could like just fuck with it all day long and it wouldn't ever skip. Yeah. Uh, yeah there was that too. But the battery life was just like, yeah, oddly, oddly. like yeah. it was ridiculous. Yeah. And you could get just a shit ton of songs on like a single disc, depending on how you compress yeah. them. Anyway. Yep. 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 All uh, the shit we did before we had fucking iPhones and shit. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Absolutely. I was just like, oh yeah, I got everything on Spotify. Like literally every song ever is just <laughs> in there. So yeah, except for Tool. Yeah, ex- well that's the thing. That's why I fucking I'm just such a holdout for like Spotify and streaming services because like there's always like that one fucking key artist that's missing. Like oh we don't have the Beatles or Led Zeppelin or Prince or something like that. Beatles, Zeppelin, Prince are all in there now. It's fucking Tool. It's like my thing. I'm like, really yeah. guys? I get like. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about Bill and Ted. All right. <laughs> so, I mean, ultimately, like, if you told somebody what this movie is about that had never seen it before, like, they would just fucking laugh in your face. They're so, like, no, there's no way they actually made a movie like that. Like, it doesn't sound like it should fucking work based on just the plot synopsis. It sounds like you and I high on acid in a that movie. It's pretty much what that fucking movie sounds like, you know what I mean? It's like no, it's two fucking idiot metalheads who go back in time and like meet historical figures. Like that's ridiculous. Like it's the weirdest premise of all time. To, to pass their fucking history report. Because, yeah, exactly. because they need to change the world. Yeah. Yeah. And they're and they're destined to be like the next like bigger than Nirvana like godly level band. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But neither so, of them can play fucking guitar. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously it does work as it's had like this crazy lasting legacy and this crazy pop culture following uh, and cult following and stuff like that. So what is it that endears you to these movies and to these characters? What is it that makes it makes these movies work for you? Uh I mean, it's, I think it's just like, they're, they're so likable in spite of being so dumb. Like they're so well-meaning they're earnest. Yeah. They're earnest. You know what I mean? Like they're, and I, the movies too, like they fall in this weird time period. Like, because they're so very heavily focused on, like, because they're music fans and they want to be musicians, there's, like, lots of references to music. But they're in that weird, nebulous late 80s spot where, like, but hair metal's pre-grunge. kind of gone away, yeah. but pre-grunge. So you get these weird references to, like, kind of metally stuff like Faith No, Faith More, no More and, yep. like, like, that kind of stuff. Or Primus, Iron, I think. Iron Maiden. And- yeah, like, that kind of stuff yeah. comes up and it's like, this is a weird spot to be in where, like, in a year, all of this is going to get completely blown off the map and replaced with, like, Nirvana and Pearl Jam and shit. But, like, they live in that weird space where Guns N' Roses had happened and kind of killed hair metal properly. Mm -hmm. And then Nirvana was not quite there yet. And it's just, like, I don't know. It's it's a weird time in music history. This is a weird, like, time capsule of... that's. It's like this in the first Wayne's World movie. Yeah, And and especially, like that that like socal sort of culture on top of that like that weird sort of surfer culture that was yeah, really yeah. just around those like few years as well kind of thing like the yeah. uh was it like chip and pepper uh, yeah. uh like hyper color shirts and shit like that like that's all yeah. right around this this era as well yeah it's i agree really fucking weird time yeah it's just like a very str- and it's like it's just a very strange like zeitgeist that they managed to capture that like is very alien to anybody who was not in the- california in like 1988 for those three weeks or whatever so anything else or is that pretty much it that's pretty much it for me yeah all right yeah Um, so for me this is one again one of those questions where i was just like i really have to actually think about this because i've never put the thought into it it's just been something i've sat down and just consumed and enjoyed but looking back on it, i think there's a few different things for it that make it really work for me first off it's a really interesting balance of multiple genres you get, like, that goofball comedy side, the sci-fi, the time travel, the, like, historical period stuff. Very inaccurate in historical period yeah. stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> Admittedly. Not exactly striving for accuracy. No, not anything. at all. Not in any way, shape, or form. But no. at least, they again, they commit to that as well. Like, at least, yeah. like, you know, the costumes and stuff like that are really well done. Yeah, so it's also, like, the writing and humor and editing, I think looking back on it with sort of a more critical eye are pretty fucking clever in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a well-written movie and really well paced movie. I think. Yeah. It's weird. Like that, a movie like that would end up being like put together as well as it is like on the technical level. It's like, mm-hmm. it, there's no, there's not a lot of fat on it. Like it's very like, I mean, succinct both and just like, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But like, they just like nailed like this really good three act script that like mm-hmm. lasts 90 minutes, you get a ton of laughs. I, you're not really learning anything, but you're having a blast the entire time and you, you yeah. well you're learning shit that's not right, i guess if you're <laughs> paying attention, which is great but yeah, it's weird it's a weird they're they're a weird set of movies that are just like way too much fun like they don't they're they have no business being as much fun as they actually end up being, yeah, yeah exactly so, that's yeah that's that's a big part of it for me and another thing is especially for a comedy, it treats the sci fi and time travel stuff with a reasonable amount of like legitimacy and and sort of accuracy like the, the time travel paradoxes and shit like that and like where they go back in time and set stuff up for later and that kind of thing and like stuff in the past that they do affecting their future selves and that yeah. kind of shit Well, that's what I like is that it's, it's internally consistent like the yeah. way they build it obeys that, its own the time rule. travel yeah it obeys its own rules like to the letter like they do such yeah. a good job of like these are the rules of how this works and mm. we're just they stick right to it the entire time so the movie just has this like you understand everything Internal consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, I don't think this fucking movie works unless you, without this casting. Like, not just Bill and Ted, but, like, all the historical figures, the parents. Yeah. Like, fucking death in the second movie. Yeah. Denomalos, Rufus. I mean, literally, George Carlin is, like... I, you have George Carlin like that's amazing to me that's actually probably one of the reasons why I go back to this movie so much is like I'm a huge George Carlin fan and mm-hmm. it's just nice to see him not just being a hateful spiteful bastard sometimes like it's fun to just see him having a blast like getting paid and like yeah cracking cracking wise in a movie kind of thing as opposed to yeah. being on stage just ranting about how shit society is and like whatever that he yeah. like his comedy was so yeah. Um, and the other thing for me that uh, I think has sort of helped it to endear and or endure, I should say, over time is that the effects are pretty fucking good for the time and they hold up pretty well for a movie of this budget and this age. And I think it's just because they didn't like try to overextend. Like they just did simple effects that were effective and used yeah. in a lot of places and that kind of thing. Yeah. And like, the, like the, I mean, you, there's obviously some like weird green screen shit you can see, like when they're yeah. doing like the, the time travel sequences and stuff, mm-hmm. but they hold up in that way like my like Ghostbusters holds up because they're all kind of hand drawn effects and stuff like that, where right. they're kind of scoping and shit like that. Yeah, Like yeah. a lot of, it, it just holds together a lot better than like early CGI shit does. I think so. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're, we're obviously already sort of treating this a little different than we normally do our movie reviews. So some of these questions are a little bit off the wall, but the next one that I had was these movies are maybe for me, like the best example of like the comedy, like movie montage sort of thing. So I asked what your favorite montage sequence is from these Bill and Ted movies. Does the mall, like, the, the, all of them getting oh, arrested? The mall chase up. absolutely like, counts. Then the mall chase is, clear, like, the clearest answer. Like, it's fucking genius. Like, everybody has their own little bit to do, and they all end up in the same spot. Like, it's just so well, like, put together and, like... Orchestrated, and yeah. And you see shit in the background of other scenes and stuff yeah. like that. Like, there's guys getting busted behind Joan of Arc and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's all kinds of crazy. Like, it's just do such a good job of, like, Like, you're in the scene and, like, everybody's having their little adventures on the side, but they're all kind of, like, you can see them in the background and all that kind of stuff. And You got that fucking screaming uh, extreme song in the back. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I mean, man. Like, that weirdly, like, air metal-y shit that they were doing. Like, oh, it's so strange. But, (laughs) yeah, I think that that's kind of my number one. I was going to ask if Hell Counts is hell oh it, yeah, I think, I think count. yeah i think that counts yeah i think that counts because it's kind of weirdly like choppy from scene to scene even if yeah it is, like, they're, they're like, switching back and forth between multiple settings stuff so yeah i mean so. that's how like cool. i was i was fucked up last night when i watched it and like the hell thing tripped me up pretty good like it's pretty cool to like watch if you're a little blazed so and i was not just a little blazed i was extremely blazed so yeah <laughs> and the fucking creepy ass easter bunny and shit yeah oh yeah and the granny and shit yeah absolutely just terrifying shit so. yeah well, I think so the good. only the it, the second movie doesn't have as many like montages as the first. I think the only other one that really strikes me in the second one is uh, when Station's building the building the good evil yeah uh, good Bill and Ted oh, robots oh, good Bill and Ted robots yeah mm-hmm. yeah, Actually, that's true yeah that one's good yeah. too. But yeah, I mean the mall one's just like so well coordinated. You have to kind of give it to that mm-hmm. one i love that one but i think their their history presentation back in the high school is my favorite you consider that a montage i just consider that like a good fucking scene but again they're like but they're just switching back and forth really quickly between the different like segments of it kind of thing and it's got so many just like amazing lines like fucking napoleon like trying to conquer france with fucking water slides and sigmund Freud, fucking psychoanalyzing ted and shit and yeah. That one that that one's actually one of the funnier scenes in the movie too yeah. cuz it's like his dad realizes that he fucks him up and stuff like that. Like it's so good. Yeah, absolutely it's so fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah, that one that one's definitely my favorite. Um but no, I I do love that that whole fucking mall sequence is outstanding. Like one of my favorite scenes in the movie is B- Billy the Kid and Socrates uh trying Socrates. to pick up the chicks at the fucking food court. Yeah. And then yeah. Freud, Oh yeah. Freud comes out and he's got like his With the fucking-, fucking corn dog. <laughs> Yeah. He's like yeah. gesturing at them while he's like yeah. psychoanalyzing them and shit. And then he goes limp because he's, you know, <laughs> getting shut down. Yeah. As well you creepy German fuck. So <laughs> you know. Yeah. Alright. So clearly the first movie, as we've discussed just now, relies very heavily on those uh historical figures. It does fucking movie doesn't work without them. Um so who is your favorite historical figure from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and why? Joan of Arc? No i just think she's because she looks like Um, lauren mayberry kind of yeah i was was like that was really that tripped me up i was like wow she looks a lot like lauren mayberry anyway actually i think genghis khan and just solely for that montage bob genghis khan yeah exactly bob genghis khan but like when he's trashing the fucking mannequin and like getting chased by the mall cops and shit like that and he's got like the fucking shoulder pads on and he's got the aluminum bat and he's riding a skateboard down the fucking aisle and stuff oh my god it's genius like and that guy, the guy who plays Genghis Khan, is like a character actor who's been in like a true. He always plays like action Asian guy. Like yeah, he's evil action Asian guy. He's in like a million movies in the eighties. I really wish I knew his name, but he's hysterically funny <laughs> in this bit. He's totally committed to playing this like Al, comedy savage Al Leong. Apparently, uh, yeah, I think. But he's in like he's in like Big Trouble in Little China. I'm yep. pretty sure he's in Die Hard. Like he's in a ton of shit. He's in, so. le- he's in Lethal Weapon. Yeah, he's in yeah, Die he's Hard. Yeah, he's in a bunch of fucking shit. Last Action yeah, just Hero like, he was in, Beverly Hills Cop yeah, 3, Escape yep. from L.A., Double Dragon. Yep, bad guy, bad Asian guy. Like, that's what that guy played for, like, 10 years. He was in every fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he crushes as Genghis Khan. I also want to shout out, um, you were kind of talking about it, but, like, Socrates, or Socrates, Socrates, and Billy the Kid. Socrates. Just the way they kind of, like, pair the two of them off for some reason. Like, they just become well, best they, friends. Because it's they're, so like, the weird. first two that they pick up, yeah yeah but it's so weird to see like this philosopher and this gun shoot, like gun shooter just like just bond over the fact that they were the first two in the fucking booth or whatever yeah. so no i mean all of those all those historical characters they just cast so well and most of them are like uh character actors as well like they're guys you're like yeah man i feel like i've seen that. you know that's like the hallmark of a character actor is like man i feel like i've seen that guy somewhere before kind of thing yeah but you can't exactly uh figure out where Well, with the exception of fuck, I think I've seen that guy somewhere before. It's probably the most said thing on this podcast. So, (laughs) yeah, fair enough. Holy shit. Apparently, the woman that played uh, Joan of Arc is also a was a uh, member of the fucking Go-Go's. So also had a music career. Oh, that's interesting. Not a big Go-Go's fan, but like, but a very like very similar, like. I would say churches is is like the go-go's of like like 2018 (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Totally fair. That's uh, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't think she actually has a line in English in the whole movie. She speaks French throughout the whole thing. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it's uh, absolutely fucking hands down Napoleon. I just love the absurdity of him going and trying to conquer water loops Cause that that's yeah, that reference was totally lost on me for probably like the first 10 years that I was watching this movie. And then finally, like there's, there were a lot of jokes like that where like, I didn't end up actually getting them until like later in life. Like, Oh my God, it's fucking Napoleon. Like trying to battle Waterloo over again, kind of thing. Yeah. But like in his fucking long underwear, the fucking medals on his underwear, I love that he keeps the piggy pin on the whole fucking movie too. <laughs> I, love the, so stupid I movie. love the ridiculous that fucking Deacon takes him on a double date to this like yeah. Dave and Buster's fucking restaurant. Like clearly yeah. the girl he's with is like fucking 14 or some shit. Yeah, at best. At <laughs> best 14. And yeah, and then they give him the fucking Ziggy Pig button that he wears like right above his, his medals for the rest of the movie. Like a fucking yeah. badge of honor for finishing the giant thing of ice cream yeah so ridiculous so yeah i don't know who that i think that character actor is not somebody that i ever actually saw anywhere like i do not recognize him from anything else yeah but he fucking crushes that like his like his scenes in that movie he's so funny in them and all he really has to do is work with like physical comedy because he can't speak the language right Like he's not interacting properly mm-hmm. with people it's just facial expressions and like getting beat up or going down yeah, water like slides, schtick, like, an idiot. primarily And yeah. he does it so yeah. well but like and, and then I, I I fucking love uh where they're bowling one and he like really surreptitiously like cheats on the score and just adds a one in front of his so he swing. Yeah. And then uh, when he fucking fucks up and like throws the gutter ball and then just starts yeah. yelling, meh, meh, meh. Yeah. yeah like that was just definitely a bunch the- of shit past the radar <laughs> yeah absolutely just like just saying shit 19 <laughs> times in a pg movie but in french that was uh, that so was- they got away with it in star trek the next generation they actually had picard say meta on on broadcast tv yeah. because it's in french and no American censor is going to catch it, but you know, he said it said like three times. So there you go. And that is, uh, that's easily the first French first foreign swear word total that I think I ever learned. It's probably a lot of people's first like French swear word that they <laughs> learned. So. Yeah. So Napoleon for me, fucking hands down. I love that shit. All right. So the next one, uh, we've already been quoting the shit out of these movies and they're obviously just super quotable movies. So this was the question I had the most trouble with, uh, obviously, because as I mentioned earlier, I had like fucking, two and a half pages of quotes so mark and i picked out our like top five quotes from these movies and i'm gonna impose that we have to recite them in our best bill and ted impressions okay (laughs) so go ahead in no particular order yeah so i don't actually have like an or i have like my number one is definitely my number one but that's about it the other ones that like caught my that caught my attention you killed ted you middle 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 dickweed dickweed. (laughs) yeah so fucking good the only true wisdom consists in knowing that you know nothing that's us, dude. Like, that's so good. That was one that I definitely picked out as well, because like, that was one thing that actually has rung true for me later in life. Like as I went to grad school, because you get to that point, like where you realize how little you fucking know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's my every day. So thank you for bringing that up. I'm just going to curl up my Alice in Chains records again. So <laughs> good times. How many to I done? Two, I think yeah. two or three. Those was two. Ted. Yeah. If I die, you can have my Megadeth <laughs> collection. Dude, we're already dead. Oh, well then you're yours, dude. (laughs) Awesome. Oh, thanks. Fucking funny. Yeah. The other, like, I only have two more, so it's really just the last line of the movie because it's George Carlin just mugging for the camera, and they do get better. Yeah. That's I love that shit because they're just terrible. And then the the other ones, like, if this isn't everybody's answer, they're they've never seen these movies before. If you guys are really us, what number are you thinking of? Sixty nine, dude. Yeah, best fucking line in the movie. And then Eric so Guitar. Good. Yeah, and then air Guitar, exactly. And I will cut that so that we have Eric Guitar after we say it together. So there you go. Yeah, so that's, that's by far the best fucking line in the movie. Like, I laugh my ass off. To this day, I laugh my ass off whenever they say that because it's just like, they're so happy to say yell 69. Neither of those guys have seen pussy since they were born just, at that they're point. But, themselves. Yeah, they're so happy about it. So. Great. Uh, was that five or was that four? I don't know. Who gives a okay. shit? I mean, the ones... I, some of these ones are like the ones that I just most identify this. So they're like, oh, I am Bill S. Preston, Esquire, and I am Ted, Theodore Logan, and together we are... Whoa! Yeah, Stallions. Yeah, so good. The, n- another one is uh, is not a Bill and Ted line. Well, it kind of is, but uh, it's when they're battling or playing against death to try and get like yeah. the chance to go back. Where they death just keeps getting more and more fucking frustrated over the time and like it's they've uh, uh they've just beaten him at like the vibrating football game. And Bill looks up at death and says, Best of seven. And Death says, Damn right. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh man. I like that. I, that, that that speaking of character actors, that guy's in everything. Bill, Bill Sadler, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, he's he's fucking amazing. He's my favorite part of uh of Bogus Journey for sure yeah yeah absolutely during their presentation when after uh, freud has done psychoanalyzing bill and or uh, ted and then he asks bill if he wants to go and bill says no nah, just got a minor oedipal complex yes okay <laughs> Miss, <laughs> missy's in the back like yeah. looks over the history teachers like what's that mean? yeah so uh, good that was another one of those lines that like i didn't get until i was a lot older but like looking yeah. back like that it's fucking gold yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> so funny. That's the best part of the sequel too. Where like when she flips fucking uh, flips <laughs> between their dads. Yeah, that opening scene where he's just like, "Dude, I can't believe Missy dumped my- dumped your dad and married and my dad." Shut, Shut up, up, Ted. Her! And then, and then Bill's dad is just like in the corner, just like eating Twinkies, like so depressed. And you can like clearly see they didn't put him in makeup because he looks like you know, like that dog shit <laughs> people look like when they're on fucking camera. And they haven't What's been that? made up. He yeah, like he's got like six like different kinds of cancer or something <laughs> like he's that about to die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another one. This is just one that like I've taken away, and like this isn't one that I think has also become like sort of just part of zeitgeist, part of pop culture. Is uh, <laughs> strange things are afoot at the circle K <laughs> that's a good line I like that one too that's, that was in my like long list of stuff before I started playing. yeah my number five is the classic be excellent to each other and party on dudes yeah because I, I like that just as a philosophy for life like just be good to other people and just fucking have fun yeah <laughs> yeah exactly I mean, like I said, these, these movies are so fucking quotable that I could go on for another like half hour just like reciting lines from them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Moving on. Oh, the one thing I will say is having rewatched and while we're talking about sort of the, the uh, writing and the lines, the uh, lines where they call each other fags definitely have not aged well no not at all no that that that's the most jarring part about those movies it's yeah. like the uh the, the culture shift yeah, the between then yeah. and now yeah 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 because i remember laughing at that shit back in the day too yeah. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> Ooh, all right <laughs> i have that's changed not, yeah i have grown up at yeah. least i've grown up that much which <laughs> may not be a lot but you know it's <laughs> a little uh but we something we just talked a little bit about missy but that's I just I feel like we need to talk a little bit more about Missy because she's one of the best fucking plot points of both movies. Oh man, the bit where they land in his in their backyard and like they cut <laughs> off the hose and she just gets up totally nonchalant at all this insanity. She's like, "There's soda in the fridge." She <laughs> just like walks. I'm like I, just, I love the names they come up with. They think they're fucking like pulling one over on her. It's oh, just yeah. dumb as fuck. So they are. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. That's where they come up with like the Bob Genghis Khan. They're like this is so crates johnson and then yeah. get to abraham lincoln they're just like they're just out and they're well, he's just like uh uh abraham lincoln yeah yeah so good <laughs> i love that too because it looks totally like they're both just ad-libbing these names they are like we're not write anything into the script just make up shit on the. Spot. it's got to be bad bad yeah. shit on the spot like oh, dave, so dave beef oven yeah oh yeah <laughs> But yeah, I just, I love like Ted fucking with Bill over Missy. Like, remember when she was a senior and we were freshmen? Remember when I asked her to prom? (laughs) Shut shut up, up, Ted. Ted. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And I absolutely love like Bill's dad closing the, like, fucking Missy in (laughs) Bill's bedroom. That's fucking classic. He gives classic. him money. He's like, go out and get some food, and then he closes the door on him. And then Ted's like, now your dad's going for it in your own room. <laughs> Shut up, Ted. Shut up, Ted. Uh-huh. I like her doing the uh, the second one where she's doing the seance. Yeah, and like before they really start, they're like, dude, I can totally sit down. Your mom's sure your mom now, dude. Yeah, it's like, whoa, you're right. Move over, dude. Yeah. But my, I think my favorite part of Missy is how it's like heavily implied that she was fucking banging the history teacher too. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Mr. Lawrence, tell him hi. Yeah. So <laughs> and then she goes and sits beside him during their presentation. And yeah. it's like, Hey, long time. No see. he's like visibly uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's, I don't know. I like the fact that they added that character. Like they included that character. Cause like, They get really good comedy beats out of her, like in both movies. It's super funny, Mm -hmm. so funny. She's driving them around in the first one, yeah. Just like, (laughs) and then Evil Bill actually calls her her future wife in the second movie when they go and like kidnap her. Which I'm not sure if he's just like fucking around or if that actually like implies that Bill ends up marrying Missy at some point in the future. They make a joke about, yeah, they uh yeah maybe next she'll marry you yeah then you'll be your own stepdad yeah yeah exactly (laughs) right so i don't know so funny (laughs) also hot i will say hot she's pretty also super hot yeah absolutely all right here's where i want to just uh we haven't talked most of our talk so far has been about excellent venture because that's like really the like one that really has that like cult status but i love uh, bogus journey as well like i don't usually watch one of these movies without watching the other so i just want to take a little bit of time and appreciate that movie on its own wait are they separate movies i thought they were just like (laughs) they practically are they might as well be i have never watch them back to back whenever i watch them now because i'm gonna watch one and may as well just like it's 90 minutes like i'm not you're not killing a lot of time there you know what i mean Yeah, it's gonna be amusing. So I like the second one a lot, actually. It's probably the one that I will be like, oh, I'd probably rather if I'm just got to pick one of the two and just sit there and watch it. I'd probably pick Bogus Journey just because it's like it's really ridiculous, like really ridiculous. So, yeah, that's what I love about it is that is that they like they easily could have just like sort of rehashed the first one, but they obviously wanted to take it in like a really fucking different direction and and sort of just jack things up a bit, and they absolutely succeed at that. Yeah, right there. Oh, I just threw up my mouth a little. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Nice. I'm gonna leave that in the episode too. That's I think. Gonna, yeah. Gonna. No, that'll be a that'll be a cutout for the uh, the mucus cast oh yeah it'll be my one contribution to it compared to you two sniffly fucks <laughs> but yeah like they could have just had like more time traveler or another school report or something like that but no they take it in a fucking totally different direction and they fucking kill them both and make them go through like all realms of the afterlife like conceivably they go through like purgatory sort of limbo hell and heaven and yeah. i think this movie is Just as well written as the first one. uh, Yeah, I think I I place them like right like neck and neck. I don't think one's better than the other, really. Like they're they're very different, but yeah, yeah. in some aspects, I like Bogus Journey better than I like the other one. It's just like it's a little bit more of a romp. The first one's a little bit more like we're going to try and like teach you things, even though we're not really teaching anything accurate. But it's like (laughs) they get a little caught up in like the going back in time stuff, and it's like all right, right, that's fine. But like the second one's just like the two of them dealing with this insane, ridiculous situation. Like a couple of fucking Scooby-Doo characters for all intents and purposes. <laughs> yeah. Actually, this mo- these movies are basically Shaggy and Scooby-Doo the movie. <laughs> and so S- Scooby's definitely Ted. Yeah, Scooby's absolutely Ted. So yeah, okay. there you go. <laughs> yeah, the humor like just got like fucking way more surreal and bizarre. Yeah. Oh, that whole hill sequence. Like, high or not is a trippy fucking experience. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a weird... I'm pretty sure I had nightmares of that fucking hell sequence. As I a don't game. know. I I like some of it like it's pretty well shot, too. I was actually surprised like they do a lot of like there's some camera trickery that's pretty like and the lighting and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. Like, the set design and stuff is very well done for like a 20 20 million dollar movie like from 1991 that nobody was expecting yeah. literally anything from. So and it feels has that like nightmarish feel too, like where things yeah. are sort of like distorted geometries and that kind of thing. Like they yeah. did a really good job on the set design and stuff like yeah. that, and the camera angles and shit and that hell yeah. stuff. Yeah, I think this movie shifts a lot of the best lines over to like death and to evil Bill and Ted. Yeah. Oh, even Bill and Ted get like every good line in this movie. Like they're <laughs> fucking hysterical. I mean, like they're really inappropriate. That's the only time I don't feel guilty about laughing about the the the, the gay jokes. Is when it's those two making them because it's like they're yeah, such it's a true. pair of pieces of shit, of course they're yeah. gonna say that kind of crap because I don't think regular Bill and Ted say anything like that in the second movie the second no, like, not that I can remember having just finished watching it like ten yeah, minutes I was say, before you, we're you just watched it. I was high when I watched no. it so I'm not expecting yeah. to fucking remember anything but like <laughs> you 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 just watched it before we recorded, so yeah, but yeah, and like I said, death gets so many fucking amazing lines in it as well, yeah but I love just how fucking in depth they go into like the Igmar Bergman shit, yeah. like the Seven seal send up, which is one of those things that like, you don't need to have seen that movie to really like understand it. But if you do, it gives you just an even more of a, uh, an appreciation for that shit. Well, it's a really like, there's a lot of weird little coy, like nods to cinema, like other stuff too, like other, whatever media too. Cause like, mm-hmm. even like, they're watching Star Trek at the beginning and it's that Gorn yeah. episode. And like yeah. then they go to the spot, like That's they kill they them go. on this spot. Where Kirk and the Gorn fight. I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. Cause they're like probably living right down the street from it. Cause it was shot just outside yeah. wherever the fuck, like in California. So yeah. that rock dun, dun, formation dun, dun, is still there. But I mean, that's one way, like these movies sometimes are just smarter than they have any right to be or oh, smarter than you'd expect them to be for like, you know, a fucking, like, goofball comedy that was coming out at that time. Like, you look at, I don't know, something like Airheads or something like that that came around this yeah. time, and it's nowhere near as, like, smart and as clever as this. Oh. It's, I mean, it's still fun, but it's just fun in a different way. Yeah. That movie wastes Harold Ramis, so... Yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> He's enough. He's in it for, like, three seconds. So, such <laughs> a waste. And then there's the the most fucking out-of-left-field part of Bogus Journey, which is Station. I'm fine with Station. I don't mind it. <laughs> It's just so bizarre. It's and so strange. Out of fucking left field. But I I, I just was just watch, re-watching it today. I was just like, wait, Groot? Yeah, kind of. It is <laughs> kind of. Although Groot predates him, I think, the character itself. But I think Groot could oh, talk yeah. when he originally showed up. I don't think he just said, I am Groot. So yeah. I don't know. Either way. I don't know. The, the, the second one, like, I'm trying to think what I was... They throw a lot of weird, random shit at you in the second movie. You know what I mean? Like, but like, what I, I think is funny about it is that like they're so blasé about everything. Like they yeah. die and they're just like, oh, that sucks. We died. <laughs> and then they like, meet death, and they're like, oh, death, and that's it. Like, I have awesome. no reaction. Yeah. To it. It's so cool. <laughs> like, it's metal as fuck. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> You're dead. Like, have a fucking reaction. Yeah. And then like they meet an alien, and they're just like, awesome. And that's like that's it. That's all you get. <laughs> it's like, this is excellent. Like, what?
1: So and weird. and we, yeah. as
0: the audience, are just like in their seats, kind of thing. So we're yeah. just like going along right. with the whole fucking thing. Like, okay, I guess that's where we are now. Yeah. And- <laughs> I think they clearly just expect everybody who was watching this to be baked off their ass the entire time. <laughs> like, which, which I definitely wasn't when I was like eight and, you know, 10 or whatever when these well, fucking movies came right. out. To be <laughs> fair, when you're like, until you're like 13, I think you're perennially high. I think you've seen kids wander around just like stumbling true. into shit and stuff. They're always drunk. So it seems like, true. I don't know. I don't yeah. have kids. Somebody fucking put it in the comments if you're a parent. Where the other podcast does this shit. This is the podcast <laughs> where we don't have kids and we talk about Bill and Ted for an hour. So, <laughs> <laughs> but and I like that. I I was really happy with the amount of time travel stuff that we get uh, and how cleverly it's sort of used. Like it's just it's old hat to them at this point, kind of yeah. thing. So they're just like, well, this is how we fucking deal with this because you know we just go back in time after and shit yeah. like that. And so good. Yeah. And then they go back and do their like intensive guitar training and come back with like the fucking ZZ Top beards yeah. and everything. Who do they say they trained with? They what, they go off. The, the, is it not? Is it Eddie Van Halen when they go I away? I think it's I think it's Van Halen because that's who they're like wanting yeah, to get at the, the beginning band, of the, the beginning beginning first of the one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So that's Bogus Journey, which is like I said. I would say just as much fun as the first, but uh, just but yeah, in its in its own way. All right. So a couple more to go these are movies that like said, have definitely achieved like that sort of cult status. And as such, they've ended up inspiring a bunch of like other media comic books, an animated series, a really short lived live action series, a really, yeah, there's like a seven episode. Yeah. I I uh, barely remember the animated series. So like, that's, yeah. (laughs) And a really long running, like 25 something year plus running stage show at Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios that just ended up like it had Bill and Ted every year were the main two characters. But it would end up being sort of like a send up of the year's pop culture in a really like probably like PG-13, like plus like 14A rated R sort of uh, way, which is a lot of fun, too. Nice. So and and the soundtracks as well. So between all of that, uh, what is your favorite like? bill and ted legacy item like related content tribute whatever i actually like ha- don't actually have one because like i remember the animated series vaguely but like i don't have bill and Ted is referenced in other stuff and i'm always like oh nice bill and ted reference or whatever like yeah you know, they'll do the phone booth joke which mm-hmm. may or may not be also a doctor who joke like i'm not really sure because like i've seen a couple things being like yeah it's total coincidence they use a phone booth i'm like how can it be coincidence doctor fucking who is doing like <laughs> Well, apparently they were it was originally going to be like a 69 Chevy van or something like that. Too close to back to the future. But then back to the future. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, let's make it a phone booth. Either way. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like some of this stuff. Like I have the soundtracks, but like I don't, there's nothing else about this franchise that I'm like, I like, I had no idea there was a live action show like that. <laughs> I think I've seen like a very short clip of it and it was absolute garbage. Oh, I'm sure it was fucking terrible, but like, it just blows me away that I didn't even know about it. That's craziness to me. So, yeah. Yeah, this absolutely is the soundtrack for me. I have seen a lot of those Halloween Horror Nights shows, and I think there's a bunch of them like up on YouTube and stuff like that, so they are a lot of fun. If you're a Bill & Ted fan and you've never seen those, go check them out. They're a fucking blast. And the guys that they get to play Bill & Ted are usually really good too, but this question is mainly just fucking an excuse for me to gush about the soundtrack some more (laughs) as I did on our, uh, on our soundtracks episode. Uh, So if you haven't listened to that already, uh, go back as episode 63, these are hands down my favorite soundtracks overall Uh, between the two movies. I have just listened to them over and over and over again. And they've got so much like amazing, ridiculous fucking like that late hair metal kind of thing. A lot of the bands are like Southern California bands, but there's also stuff like Faith No More and stuff like that. And Primus on the Bogus Journey soundtrack as well. Primus, who well, I'm going to see uh, in a couple of weeks because they're opening for Mathedon oh, nice. on their current tour. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to be a heavy night, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited. And the second one has my favorite Kiss song of all time, God Gave Rock and Roll, the like just fucking anthem at the end yeah. that rolls through the credits. Yeah. I have to just make a note. Fuck Gene Simmons, but I mean, like, yeah, that song's awesome, so... Yeah, yeah. I I sort of toyed with the idea here. Like, if maybe on a future, like, guest spot on side A, side B, I assign those two fucking soundtracks. That's... (laughs) If, if it's allowed if soundtracks are allowed we're gonna we're, we're, we'll probably get into sound we haven't done any we haven't talked about like doing compilation stuff yet so no, you, you definitely do really. get into the romeo and juliet soundtrack on that cardigans album though yes yeah absolutely yeah well that song was like the centerpiece of that soundtrack so yeah, yeah it was definitely gonna be something we come yeah. up to yeah <laughs> i gotta go back and listen to these soundtracks because they are, they're probably very much like that, t- that same kind of time capsule that i was talking about earlier and that mm-hmm. they're in that weird like post hair metal pre grunge phase, but lasted like 18 months or something ridiculous like that. Like it's mm-hmm. such a short window of time between like, I don't know, like Guns N' Roses becoming the biggest band on the planet along with Metallica. And then like Nirvana, just wiping everything else out. Yeah. A couple and years like, later. Pearl Jam and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just, like a weird, like a weird, like two or three year period where like this couldn't have happened at any other time. Cause it just fits inside that little like window. Yeah. And like, you couldn't have had these characters be, grunge heads or anything like that and like hair metal's too ridiculous to be for them to be fans of but like they fit yeah. in that weird like alternative metal spot that like yeah pre like just works like perfectly the, for the them. like ugly kid joe and shit yeah. like that faith and, no more like yeah. the faith no more period of time yeah. you know what i mean like that period of time it's yeah, just absolutely. like like a year and a half you know what i mean like there's like very little time in there but that's just where this movie that especially the first movie falls right in the middle yeah. of so yeah All right. So looking forward to this sequel, like I said, we have some sort of story points and stuff like that, but what are you hoping for from Bill & Ted 3? What sort of tone, what sort of story points, what this is a particular closure or something like that you're looking for? I mean, if they can just catch the feeling of those first two movies, I will be, I'll be fucking surprised, first of all, because I don't know how you're going to catch that. Like, that's lightning in a bottle kind of yeah, almost, vibe that they have going years on. later. Yeah, especially because it's like this weird, like, stakeless romp of two idiot metalheads. Like, how do you capture that, especially when they're now, like, well, almost fit, probably 50 something now, yeah, I guess? Like, kids. no, they were like, they're supposed to be like 16 in the first movie. So they'd be like okay. mid 40s now, I guess, something like that. Yeah. So like yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I am hoping they'll kind of like I know I know they've said they will, but I hope they address George Carlin's absence and have some kind of little tribute to the man because like he was a big part of the franchise and that kind of thing. And like he will be missed probably by me most more than anybody else (laughs) really, but. I'm a weird guy and love George Carlin. So, well, Mark, here's and I, that. Mark and I had a little conversation earlier in the chat where we were uh, saying that maybe they go Shining Time Station on it and they just fucking put Ringo in there. I'm so fucking cool. They just don't even talk about it and they just have Ringo there. I'm so fucking in. Ringo just wanders around pretending to be George Carlin, pretending to be Ringo or Rufus. Fucking genius. Like, if they don't do that, they're fucking up. I mean, he's a knight i don't know if you can get ringo now he's like sir ringo is he not like he's a fucking
1: or is <laughs> he the he's, only beetle still not maybe? no
0: well i mean he does like tour and shit is with like his whatever it is ringo superstar band or whatever but like that's a genius part. Yeah. they don't even mention it. just like ringo <laughs> shows like, it yeah it's like five people will get the joke but those five people will be like that's fucking good well played guys because <laughs> that's exactly the kind of joke they would do they did like they do seven Sealed and they do like weird obtuse fucking star trek jokes like that's yeah. exactly the kind of joke they would totally do because yeah super meta and six people care but those six <laughs> people are gonna die gonna gonna watch. yeah so that's that's pretty much it for me man like acknowledge george carlin and don't suck please like <laughs> yeah well i can't imagine that at- have a john wick cameo and let him kill everything <laughs> like that's i can't imagine at this point like having put this much into getting it going and like having had the studio throw out their other idea in lieu of this, it's gotta oh. be at least decent. It's just a matter of if they stick the landing. I'm still curious about like what a reboot of that movie would look like. Cause like with like millennials or something. Yeah. But I mean like it it's, it's such a weird niche that you have to fit inside to do that movie. Like yeah. it only works in that weird little like time window where like payphones are still a thing. And like, <laughs> yeah, popular kids listen to rock music. Cause like, who the f- no, that doesn't happen anymore. Like, yeah. you know, what I mean? like, it's just a weird, like, how do you pull that off now? You just I just turn it all like super urban and go hip hop with it. But like, that's not going to be something I want to watch. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. so for me, I'm looking for kind of like a clerks two vibe to it. Yeah, I could take that. Like they were, you know, looking forward to their future and hoping to do like great things and get out of this kind of rut that they'd been in. But for whatever reason, they just can't do it. I want to see sort of like between the first and second movies where we got that like fucking sharp left turn into totally different territory. I want to see that again here, which sounds like what we're going to get because they're going to go to the future, which we've just barely seen a little bit in the first movies. I can't wait to see what their future looks like now because they've changed it between the the first two movies. Like there's little differences in the fashion and stuff. I'm curious to see like how ridiculous it gets now. I do love... The future, like, that Rufus sort of narrates at the beginning of the first movie, which is, like, sort of the ideal future of, like, the late 80s, which is, like, mini golf, water slides, and hair metal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> and everything looks like, like, bad Star Trek sets. Like, everything <laughs> looks like shit TNG sets. Like, yeah. cheap TNG. So. Which is saying something, because those, those sets were cheap as fuck so yeah <laughs> just spray painted like foam core or whatever pretty much yeah hmm. well that's the more original series but like <laughs> it's not that far off maybe, so i think it's gonna be really easy, interesting to see sort of what goes wrong because if you look like basically the end of bogus journey looks like they're fucking on track to do what they set out to that's do that's what i mean it feels like a big retcon doesn't it kind of like yeah, to it, have them it, like like wipe away the end of the second movie and i'm wondering if they're gonna retcon that or if they're gonna be like that all happened but can. then or, or like, something just happened at the end of that that, like, set them way back or something kind of thing. Uh, maybe. Or, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see, like, are they going to get everybody back? Like, is Death going to come back? They haven't really said anything about that, because he's supposed to be part of the band and shit. So, like, I guess, <laughs> does he come back? I <laughs> don't the, know. the good evil, good evil uh, or good Bill and Ted robots? Good or Bill and Ted robots? Station? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? How do you pull? <laughs> that's what I don't get. Like, how do you pull this movie off in 2018? It's such a weird, like, 80s thing. Like, it's a strange movie to, like, make now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm curious. Like, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think what they need to do is just stick to what's worked for them in the past is just commit and make it earnest as fuck. Because mm-hmm. uh, this is one thing that I've been seeing, like, in some of the interviews and stuff that the uh, writers have done is that so much of the comedy and shit like that that we get now is really, like, cynical and downbeat and or really dark and shit like that. So if they can pull off something where it's just, like, these two, like, fucking happy go lucky idiots that are just trying to change the world, make you know, make the world a better place or whatever, and get some fucking tail along the way, then all fucking power to them. Yeah, absolutely, man. As long as they're still rocking out the Faith No More, I'll be happy. That's all I care about <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Bring my patent uh... back, goddammit. <laughs> all right, and last but not least, just sort of a fun question to finish out. Would you consider yourself more of a Bill or a Ted and why? Are they different characters? Like... <laughs> i think there's a difference between them just like left and right hand on the (laughs) same i don't even picture them as separate i i don't know uh i probably neither really but i did take that online quiz you sent me which was bizarre (laughs) and dog shit and it said i'm a bill so i guess i'm a bill (laughs) i did not take the online quiz because my desktop was already broken today and i only had one computer left and it was my laptop and i did not want it to fucking get riddled with viruses well i'm behind enough fucking like firewalls and vpns and shit over here that i i'm okay but yeah yeah, i was a little like all right (laughs) probably rufus i'm probably closest to george carlin if i'm gonna pick a character from all that shit so yeah (laughs) i think if i had to go bill or ted i think i'm definitely more of a bill between the two i see bill as a little bit more like optimistic and more of like the idea man like yeah. Ted's more like the sort of fly by the seat of your pants, like yeah. just, and like ladies, man kind of guy. Yeah. Well, Keanu's very pretty. So, I mean, good on true. yeah. And I think at one point, Bill even like says to Ted, like when they're going to go talk to the babes, he's like, you're the ladies, man.
1: Yeah. And yeah. That's they true. go
0: up and just recite some lyrics to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey man, if you can use your fucking Guns and Roses lyrics to pick up chicks, yeah. go to town. It doesn't work in 2018, but you know, like <laughs> maybe it works in 1618. So there you go, yeah. whatever period they were in. I can't remember anymore what you every, t- every time they pull out lyrics when they're like trying to philosophize and shit yeah. like that is just amazing. Like every rose, yeah, has, as it's has its dawn. A- yeah. So good, just like every night has its dawn, yeah. and then at the end, death. They just go back to death, and he's like. Every rose has its thorn. Yeah. So good. Or oh, the, the, yeah. the dust in the wind shit. All Socrates. we are is dust in the wind, dude. I love the fucking great joke in that where like, he says it properly and then he's like, look it up under Socrates. Like, cause it's ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah. He's like, Socrates. dude. Socrates. Yeah. yeah it's, under, it's under Socrates. Yeah. It's under Socrates. <laughs> <laughs> such a good fucking joke. <laughs> yeah absolutely oh man <laughs> well, i love it yeah obviously we've had a lot of fun talking about these movies but we would love to hear what you guys have to say as well so if you have any input on the uh, bill and ted movies and if you don't you're fucking doing life wrong you can uh hit us up at facebook at com slash dance robot dance you can email us at at dance Robot dance podcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at drd underscore podcast. So, yeah, let us know if you have answers to any of our questions. Who's your favorite historical figure? What makes these fucking movies work for you? what's your, What are your favorite quotes from Bill and Ted? We want to hear from you. And if you're not already subscribed, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, on Stitcher, Shout Engine, or most places that you can find podcasts. And with that, we shall say good evening. Say goodbye, Mark. Party on, dudes. <laughs> Thanks for listening everybody. Sydney was high school football rules. <laughs> yeah, we have to end on that, right? Like that's the end. So we have to cut it right there. Yeah, there it That's is. it right there. Just we'll a little guitar sting and then we'll call it a day. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent.